Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and my goal is to show you how to have a fulfilling personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. It looks like 2021 may be as challenging as 2020, if not more. We need to trust in something that is eternal, that is not of this world. And that is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the Word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Saul becomes Paul and starts spreading the good news all over the world. I've known several missionaries. One of my best friends spent 20 years with her husband as missionaries in Taiwan. Their kids grew up there. When they got there, they didn't know the language well. It took them years before they had their first convert to Christianity from Buddhism. What would move a young couple with a baby to go halfway across the world to a country where they didn't speak the language. It's rather simple, the Holy Spirit. Here in Acts 13, we see the Holy Spirit at work again, guiding Paul, as Paul formerly Saul, the persecutor who had the road to Damascus encounter with Jesus in Acts 9, which we talked about a few days ago, and Barnabas to foreign lands. Let's dig in, we're in Acts 13. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria, were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. And this is Paul's first missionary journey. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down uh, to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus, which is Barnabas's hometown. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. So Mark is the Mark that wrote the Gospel of Mark. Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked the sorcerer in the eye then said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good. Will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? 
Watch now, for the Lord has laid His hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Paul preaches in Antioch of Pisidia. Paul and his companions left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Perga, where John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. This is not to be confused with Antioch of Syria, where Christians got their name. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the book of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is like, uh, you know, you're... <laughs> You have some big news and you're just wanting to tell somebody, wanting to tell somebody, you're, you're, but you're afraid to open, to, to, to interrupt their, their service and their, you know, their, their rituals or whatever they're doing. And here they go and actually invite you to come up. Like, oh man, do these guys are no what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> oh boy. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them and started speaking. Men of Israel, I said, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our answers and made them multiply, ancestors, and made them multiply and grow strong during, during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 400 years. After that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king. God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And that's from 1 Samuel 13, 14. And as one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, I am not, but he is coming soon, and I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the sandals of his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as, as the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophets' words that they are read, that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. 
When they had done all that the prophets said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And over a period of many days, he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors. And God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. That's Psalm 2, verse 7. <clears throat> for God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. That's Isaiah 55, 3. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. That's Psalm 1610. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone, from, someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is for, I'm sorry. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you, for they said, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your day, something you won't believe, even if someone told you about it. That's Habakkuk um, chapter 1, verse 5. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Paul turns to the Gentiles. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles for the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. That's Isaiah 49, 6. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust off, the feet, off their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What job has God planned for you? 
I've known many converts, born-again Christians, who once received the Holy Spirit in their hearts, go to work for God. They are encouraged, moved, urged to serve in one way or another. One guy I know started a nonprofit to help foster kids because he grew up in several foster homes. Another friend quit her high-paying bank management job to be the executive director of a nonprofit. A, uh, a big cut in salary. My service is this blog and the matching podcast. Each new born-again Christian gets spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit, and it's up to them to take those gifts and use them to serve the Lord. How do you get the gifts of the Spirit? You first need to invite Jesus into your heart and let him take it from there. So, how do you invite Jesus into your heart? If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click on the link that says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And over in my blog, I've got a, another worship song video at the bottom. God is on the move, and he is, he is, he is. Soli there, Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious, and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.